Oh, what is up? Welcome to Bringing the Backups. I'm your host, Eric Helwig. What a show I have for you guys now. Kelly Holcomb. We're going to be talking about Kelly Holcomb. I'm saying we, it's me, I. There's no guest this week. But it's going to be a great show. And of course, uh, that's code for this might be the shittiest show I've ever done because I can't tell if I'm bombing. There's nobody to look at to see if I'm doing well. So, you know, I guess this week maybe just stick with it. Next week I'll get somebody funny to talk. Kelly Holcomb, though, 13 years in the NFL. Check this out. 39 touchdowns, 38 interceptions. One more touchdown and interceptions. That is right down Broadway. That's perfect for this podcast. That is what we're looking for. Kelly Holcomb, you're going to love our chat about him. That's coming up soon. I did two podcasts recently I want to give a shout-out to. First one, Sports and Shit Pod. Find them on Twitter. It's Sports, the letter N, Shit, Pod. That's with Maddie and Smitty. These are two Boston guys. I feel like I got dropped in the middle of the third act of Goodwill Hunting. Uh, they are legit Boston dudes. Pack. They say things like that. And, uh, I mean, I guess they could be fake accents. I don't really know, but it seemed real. And I listened to their podcast, actually, during a cross-country road trip. I just got off with my wife, and we were laughing the whole time. Very funny show. Find them on Twitter. Sports and Shit Pod. That's number one. Number two, I did Brandon Sports Talk. Find him on YouTube or just go to Twitter and find his link there. It's at talk underscore Brandon, B-R-A-N-D-O-N. That's at talk underscore Brandon, Brandon Sports Talk. You can find a video on YouTube. Very straightforward interview, just kind of ask questions of people in the sporting world. For some reason, interviewed me. I'm not going to argue with some extra exposure as I try to get the word out for my podcast, but... Two great shows, Sports and Shit Pod, Brandon Sports Talk. Check them out. I don't know what the fuck is going on in the country. If you've come here to feel closure on that stuff, you've made a huge mistake. I'm not going to be talking about it, but you know, you know, one love, we're all one heartbeat. Whatever that shit is they say at the end of yoga classes, I feel like that's what the country needs right now. So just feel that for one another, all right? Uh, You know, take a nice deep breath in, downward dog. Vinyasa. <laughs> I don't know, man. Just uh, this is crazy shit. Hopefully this podcast is not broadcasting to a, a desolate, burned out city wherever you used to live by the time it airs. Let's get the show started. How's that sound? Good. Here we go. This is Bringing the Backups with Eric Helwig. Episode five. Oh my goodness. I made it to episode five. They say the average podcast goes seven episodes. People, I don't know how much further I'm going to make it. This is a shit ton of work, all right? it. right? I'll, I'll be honest, it's extra work this week because I have completed a cross-country road trip. From the time you heard me on episode four to now, two weeks I drove across the country with my wife and my dog, had to pack up all my podcast equipment, put it in the car, drive it across the country. Now I'm in a a beach house in the outer banks of North Carolina staring at the the water right now. This this doesn't sound like a thing to complain about. I'm very lucky, whatever. Just battling my guilt as the country burns and I'm (laughs) watching the sunset. Over the sound here in North Carolina. Beautiful, beautiful town, Outer Banks. Nobody here. Nobody at the beach in November, which I'm, I I love. I could totally live in a beach town like this. I'm telling you, just 
all the houses just black, no lights, three people here in the comp like we're staying in some complex and there they have like a shuffleboard and basketball courts and there's nobody there's nobody here. I'm just by myself. Apparently the price it goes way down for vacations. If you want to buy like a family vacation, it's like a, a tenth of the price to come when it's cold and there's like ice on the beach. So perfect and nice for us because me and my wife, we've uh, been in L.A. and not seen the fam for about a year. You know, you know how it's been with uh, the old coves. So this has been this has been cool hanging out with family and then we're going to be on the East Coast for the next two months, which means I'm going to be lugging this podcast around all this equipment. My Roadcaster Pro, old trusty Roadcaster <laughs> And the least you can do is tell all your friends about the show, all right? That's the least you can do for me to record here in my brother's room of the beach house while my family eats dinner upstairs. That's what's happening right now. And on the podcast today, uh, Cleveland Brown fans should be excited about this podcast. And, you know, you have nothing else to be excited about (laughs) right now. So, good. This is for you. My podcast today is about Kelly Holcomb. You guys know Kelly. Maybe you don't. You probably don't. Mr. Kelly, as he's known at the uh, the high school where he now coaches. I know that because I watched a bunch of YouTube videos about Kelly Holcomb. All, the thing about these backup quarterbacks, because they didn't have a lot of success in their career, they you know, Kelly's got like one famous game that we'll talk about in a little bit, but then everything else on YouTube, when you type in Kelly Holcomb, it's just stuff he's doing for like local access TV shows around Middle Tennessee where he's from and lives now. It was the same thing with Charlie Batch. It's like you look up Charlie Batch looking for highlights and you find videos of him, him getting bold on ice hockey ranks for minor league hockey teams outside of Pittsburgh. It's like these guys, they end up doing a lot more random stuff after their careers, mostly because they're not uh, injured. They're not, they don't have head injuries because they never played. So they're able to live very normal kind of meandering lives after their NFL careers end. And Kelly Holcomb, my man, his YouTube search does not disappoint everybody, but let's not let's not jump ahead to what he's doing now. Let's let's stick with this playing career, all right? Let's stick with what this man has accomplished in football, all right? Played at Middle Tennessee State, big big school, if you guys know Middle Tennessee State, the Blue Raiders, I believe. Did not get drafted, but played on the Colts. That was back when Manning was quarterback, so he backed up Peyton Manning. Then he played on the Browns, where he had his, I'd say, his biggest career moments. Four seasons in Cleveland, including a playoff game. Played on the Bills for like a year, the Eagles, I think, for a year, and then the Vikings. Didn't really play much in Buffalo or Philly. But yeah, it's a 13 career overall. He also uh, played for the Barcelona Dragons. Was able to find that on YouTube. Man, watching NFL Europe clips is always weird because they're playing in they're playing in soccer stadiums basically in these European countries who clearly don't understand football. Like the fans don't know what's happening. They they could not care less. I don't know how they got fans into NFL football games in Europe, but the uniforms are also just. It looks like somebody just had like like did clip art. On their uniform, like the the helmet for the Barcelona Dragons, looks it looks like one of those like those little kid roller coasters in the theme parks. 
You know the ones where there's like middle-aged dads like falling asleep next to their son <laughs> that they don't talk to enough? That's what the Barcelona Dragons look like. Kelly played there for a year in 1995, I believe. 94-95. Let's see what Wikipedia says. Oh, look at that. 96. Fuck me. 96. He also was on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers practice squad, battling it out with uh, our man Trent Dilfer. Trent Dilfer, an ultimate story of a backup quarterback not given his due in the NFL, won the Super Bowl, Trent Dilfer. They replace him with a guy named Elvis Gerback the next season. They think he's going to be better, and the Ravens suck after that. That's what happens when you disrespect a backup quarterback. The Eagles are learning that right now because they got rid of Foles. That's right. I said it. Who's the quarterback? Oh, yeah, Kelly Holcomb. Let's stay on track here. I'm not going to get into the Foles-Wentz thing. That's that's as contentious as the Trump-Biden thing right now, which I'm also not going to get into. I don't think that doesn't take discipline to not get into it because I got thoughts. If you keep listening to the podcast, I'll probably get into it. But I'm going to fight my urge to talk about politics on this thing. Also because I'm alone for this podcast. No guest. Didn't book a guest. Not comfortable enough with my remote podcasting skills yet to book people. Too worried I'm going to make a fool of myself. It's probably not that hard, but it scares me. So for this episode, I'm by myself. Which means if I'm talking politics and I'm by myself and I don't have human eyes to look at while I'm talking, I don't know what I'll be saying in 20 minutes. I, I can't be trusted Not only to not contradict myself, but to not just become a different type of person. Like, I don't know. I'm staying in my lane. And my lane is Cleveland Browns legend, backup quarterback, Kelly Holcomb. All right. Practice squad. Buccaneers. What sent me off? Oh, the Dilfer thing. That's right. All right. Let's move past that. Dilfer. Whatever. Ends up with the Colts in 1996. Uh, Barely plays for... Basically his entire career. Now, I know he played in a bunch of games in 1997 for the Colts. He threw one touchdown and eight interceptions and then basically never played again for the Colts. But just he had a job. He's got a paycheck. And to be honest, there might not be a better job than backing up someone like Peyton Manning. I mean, you just get paid and you don't even need to bring your helmet. I mean, the dude never came out of a game. He's Peyton Manning in his prime. And you just you just learn from him. It's not bad. I mean, it's... Obviously, you know, you're a competitor. You want to play, but, you know, it's football. What, what can I say? It messes you up. So backup quarterback, you're saving yourself for other endeavors later in life. That's kind of the that, – that's the that's the way to reframe it, you know, if you're a backup, is that, you know, you'll be able to remember your children and stuff. Anyway, doesn't really play much with the Colts. And he goes to the Browns in 2000. Competes with – Tim Couch. That was the number one pick in the 99 draft for the Browns. I always liked Tim Couch. I thought he got kind of a raw deal a little bit because he wasn't that bad. He really wasn't. You look at Tim Couch's numbers. The Browns were a, a rebuild. I think they were an expansion team, weren't they? Like, yeah, he, like he came into a tough situation, did Tim, and played pretty well. And, he just, and he's not even really a bust. He just got injured. Like, he had a career-ending injury and couldn't come back from it. I mean, that's – you're going to – Roast the guy for that? I don't really view him as a bust. Like, I do someone like Jamarcus Russell, who, like, eats himself out of the league. Or someone like, or you know, Ryan Leaf. Like, those are those are people that, like, imploded their own career. Someone getting injured, you know, it's football. Like, what are you going to do? Anyway, Kelly Holcomb chooses to go to Cleveland because he wants to compete with Tim. He thinks he's got Tim's number. So he targets him, you know, like a like a shark. 
Although apparently sharks don't target people. They don't like people. I've been talking a lot about sharks here at the Outer Banks. Stay focused, Eric. It's hard without a person here. I don't know what to say. Kelly Holcomb goes to Cleveland. And he has a huge game in 2002. And Cleveland Browns fans know what I'm talking about. Of course, this is the 2002 AFC wild card game. That the Browns lost 33-36. to 36. They were up like, I think it was like 30-33 to 13 or something going into the fourth quarter. They were dominating the Steelers in Pittsburgh in the playoffs. Which, if you're a Browns fan, I mean, you know that's just epic. I know they call the Browns and the Steelers a rivalry, but it's been pretty one-sided, especially since the Browns came back. But anybody who's an underdog fan is rooting for Cleveland in that game. And then the fact that you've got a backup quarterback, Kelly Holcomb, leading the way. I guess he had taken over for Couch at that point, but still essentially somebody who started the season as a backup. And he lit it up, dude. Threw for 429 yards in defeat. Kelly Holcomb, man. He was dropping dimes. I'm talking Dennis Northcutt. <laughs> Kevin Johnson. Andre Davis. These names should be ringing a bell for anybody in their mid-30s right now. And I'll be honest, watching that, I watched the highlights of the game. The Steelers guys, they got Tommy Maddox, at quarterback. Anybody who did XFL or the World European NFL Europe League is pretty much an automatic shoe-in to be featured on this podcast. Who's not going to want to hear about somebody that played in the XFL? And I, I guess the new one is cool too, but I, the old one, which was there for the year, that's the Rod Smart, He Hate Me, XFL. That was the one that we nobody knew what that was. Like it was marketed like it was going to be wrestling. Like someone's going to be like running for an 80-yard kickoff touchdown and then Goldberg's going to spear them out of bounds at the two-yard line. Like that's what we were all expecting with the XFL. So you can kick the two-point conversion or choke slam the other team's center <laughs> through the midfield logo. Like that, I don't know. Like that's what I had in my mind, at least, as a wrestling fan at that age who was frequently choke slamming my little brother through couches. You know, I was assuming we were going to get a little more, a little more wrestling, a little more of the personality. But instead, it was just like football with slower players. And like a weird-looking ball. That was pretty much the difference. And Tommy Maddox was the one guy. Really, I'd say it was Tommy Maddox and then Rod Smart were the two guys that came out of that league. Obviously, I think Tommy Maddox ended up having more of a career than uh, than Rod Smart. I remember Rod Smart going to the Panthers, but I don't remember, I don't remember him really doing much in the NFL after he got a, his shot there. But Tommy Maddox, man, he made it. Uh, he made it work. And the dude came all the way back against Kelly Holcomb. And don't let that sully your opinion of Kelly Holcomb. Like I said, I think there's only like three or four quarterbacks ever in league history to throw for as many yards as Kelly did in that 2002 playoff game. Dude absolutely crushed it. At the end of the game, I'm watching the, the condensed game highlights. He hits Dennis Northcutt in the hands with like two minutes and 30 seconds left. Would have been a first down. Could have run the clock out. You know, I'm not trying to make this a, you know, I'm not trying to go after Dennis Northcutt 
18 years after the fact, but that, that dude fucked up. Although, to be honest, if this was a podcast dedicated to backup wide receivers, I'd probably blame it on Kelly Holcomb. You know, just to be, I'm just being real with you. I've got my own bias in here, which is to make the quarterback seem a little bit better than they are. Kelly Holcomb does not go back to the playoffs after that. Unfortunately, goes to the Bills in 2005, where he ends up starting a little bit, plays all right. He's backing up a guy named J.P. Lossman. I, I, I vaguely remember a J.P. Lossman. He kind of sounds like a character on like a Dallas type show. Doesn't he? Can you picture like a like a J.P. Lossman as like a law abiding sheriff or something? Anyway, doesn't really play. Or no, he plays for the Bills for one season. Then he goes to no two seasons. Look, he doesn't. Oh, that's look at that. He doesn't play a single game. In the Bills' second season in 2006. That's weird. Okay, then he goes to the Eagles. That's my team. Let's go, Birds! Go, Birds! Never plays and is quickly traded. And then he goes to the Vikings, where he plays three games, throws two touchdowns and an interception, passes for 515 yards, gets released, announces his retirement, and then it looks like that is it. Now he's a coach at Riverdale High School. And with that, I've said everything on the podcast that I need to say about Kelly Holcomb. And I don't have a guess. So what the fuck else am I going to talk about? The goal is no politics, everybody. That's, I'm trying, I'm trying to spare you and me the pain of listening to me opine about the political situation in this country, all right? I mean, I'll tell you what we're doing here at the house. So right now it's me and my wife and my dog, Gordon, who you're familiar with. I, I won't shut the fuck up about the dog on the podcast, I know. Very cute, Pitbull, big head. You'll love him. Gordon is here with my wife, my father, and my younger brother. And uh, my other younger sister... And her husband just arrived. And then my other younger sister should be coming soon. So it's a, we got a full house here. My father and I, we, uh, politics are not a good thing to talk about. Try not to talk about it with old daddy-o. Been trying to stop calling him daddy-o. I don't know why daddy-o, daddy-o's been catching on for me. It's disturbing. And I tried to stop at dinner the other day. I was like, ah, here comes old daddy. And then I almost called him daddy and then went, oh, because daddy's worse than daddy-o. Daddy-o's rough. But anyway, we've been, uh, you know, we've been getting along. That's, that's, the, that's the truth of it is that, you know, my father and I, we battled a little bit. Didn't see eye to eye on a lot of stuff. But that started to shift a little bit as I get older, as it should, I think, as I hope it does for other people with their relationships with their parents. And part of it, you just learn, like, let's not go there. Let's not go to the place where we fight, where voices start shaking. Like, there's no reason to do that. We're not changing anybody's mind, you know? And even if we were, you know, what's the, what's the, what's the point? What's the point? Just, this is what we did. On election night, I put on MacGruber. We watched MacGruber. I tried to go the exact opposite direction of educating myself. I Tried to make myself dumber. And, and uh, by the way, that's not to shit on MacGruber, which I think is one of the funniest movies ever made. If you haven't seen it, highly recommend checking out MacGrubes. Yeah, we watched that. Next day, people are like, oh, what's what's happening? They're counting up the votes and stuff. I'm like, put on 
Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. We're watching that. What? Any comedy. Just put on a comedy. You know, there's a beach here. We can walk out and see waves. There's charter boats in the distance. It's very nice here in the Outer Banks. You know, it's in the off-season. You're just kind of seeing the people that actually live in the Outer Banks live their life. You know, there's not a bunch of drunk kids doing jello shots right now. Although that clearly happens in this house that we're in a lot. But right now, this is a family home. There is something funny about that, that, like, this home is, like, you know, one week there's, like, you know, the Romneys are here, like, up some Mormon family. They're doing, like, prayer group together and, you know, just having very wholesome Bible study. And then the next week it's Girls Gone Wild. You know, this house has lived a lot of lives. (laughs) If this house could talk, it would probably get a gun and blow its brains out. This, This house is probably miserable as a house. It's probably, like, just find me someone to love me. Somebody treat me well as a house. <laughs> I don't know. I, somebody owns somebody owns this house. I don't know how that works. In the, I, mean, I guess like people just buy homes here and then rent them out through another company because I think my dad got it through a company. I don't know. But it's nice. Like I'm not going to lie. Like this is a pretty nice vacation that my dad has, uh, what am I going to say, paid for. 35-year-old man. In a home my father paid for. That's that's what I'm doing for the next two weeks. And it's it's good. And I don't want to sully that by talking about, you know, the 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 destruction of democracy. That's not that's what's the point? We're here. He's walking my dog. Like just just trying to let it go. So what am I doing? In lieu of that, I'm studying up on backup quarterbacks I'm going to have on the show. I'm trying to figure out how to do these things remotely so I can have someone else to talk to. One thing I did find about Kelly Holcomb, (laughs) this is now going to be a recurring thought, and and I don't want to hate on someone that's, you know, Kelly Holcomb retires in 2008. Okay, so in 2011, a video goes up online. It's called Kelly Holcomb Youth Intern. It's a 17-minute sketch that stars Kelly Holcomb. Now, right off the bat, if you're in a sketch that goes 17 minutes, it's not looking good. Just off the time mark, no sketch should go 17 minutes. Three minutes tops. But the idea is there's like this youth pastor guy who needs to hire an intern, and he accidentally hires Kelly Holcomb. It's the real Kelly Holcomb, and he shows up, and he's like in his Browns... um, you know, uniform and helmet, and he's, like, doing all these intern tasks, but he's, like, a quarterback in the NFL. So, you know, they got bits in there, but they don't have 17 minutes worth of bits. Like, like you got to you – know, they call it killing your babies in comedy. It's like you, I know you like the take, but you can't keep all the takes. You got to keep the sketch moving. <sighs> Kelly Holcomb Youth Intern does not accomplish that feat. But here's the thing, like, like I do appreciate some earnestness in my comedy. And, and look, who am I to judge? If you YouTube Eric Heller, you're going to find nothing but shit sketch comedy for the first six years I was in New York. So we've all been there. 17 minutes is rough, though. I will say Kelly gives a pretty solid performance as himself. They do like a little recreation of that commercial with the, uh, what is it, the Mean Joe Green Steelers guy that, like, the Coke commercial where he throws the jersey. They do that at the end. Look, comedically, I don't know what to say, guys. It's all over the place. Kelly Holcomb, youth intern. 
Let, let's see if we can get a bring in the backups wave. You know, they've been talking about a blue wave or a red wave politically. Let's get a bring in the backups wave to Kelly Holcomb Youth Intern on YouTube. Let's see if we can get them up to a thousand views on a video that was posted almost a decade ago. Well, that, that, that is a thing. I know I talked about this on the podcast with Alex Getlin last week. But comedy just is a thing that a lot of people just have. It's like people have an itch. People have an itch to do comedy. And I think there's something in people look at it and they go, I bet I could do that. And, and it's really, really hard to do it well. It's not even, I'm not patting myself on the back. I was bad when I started. And I didn't even start doing stand-up, you know? I started a lot with improv, which now, at this point, I mean, it's that decision is just looking worse and worse and worse. The more time that I spend away from improv, I, like, like I've been watching this. My, my wife is obsessed with cults. So we watched the, the Vow, the Nexium thing, and now we're watching Seduce, which is another Nexium cult documentary. Nexium is the one where they were branding the pussies. And the last Nexium episode on Seduced, I think it's called, uh, the doc shows them playing Zip Zap Zop. Like it shows, like the cult, they're playing Zip Zap Zop with each other. And I watched that, I was like, it's official. I feel great about quitting improv. Like that was the moment that I knew I made the right choice. Because it is a little cult. It's a little culty. I know a lot of my listeners are like former improv students of mine. You probably know. Like I use my powers for good, but they are powers to get a bunch of grown adults to pretend to be cows for 45 seconds or whatever exercise we're doing. In the wrong hands, improv can be a tool for murder. Improv is good to me. I met everybody. Everybody now that I love or... Consider a friend from New York. I is a couple degrees separation away from improv, but hard to see cults doing improv exercises. I don't know how else to say it. It just, I feel like I escaped something. One thing I've also found in Kelly Holcomb's history is he's like, he's appearing on a bunch of local public access shows. Like there's this one where there's just like a dude at a hotel and he's like, today on the show, we got a. We got a little girl who's going to sing some songs about Jesus. And then I'm talking to Kelly Holcomb. It's like a little girl that's 12 years old getting interviewed. Interviewing a 12-year-old girl is uh, useless. Like, there's not there, there's nothing a 12-year-old needs to say that you need to hear. <laughs> like, it's just not, unless you're 12, maybe. And you're needing to, you know, convey your 12-year-old experiences to each other. But he's interviewing a 12-year-old girl. Like, did you take singing lessons? No. How long have you been singing? Since I could talk. What will you be singing today? Little drummer boy. And then it's just right into a, some Christmas songs with this little girl. One camera. <laughs> so there's no like moving. It's just one camera steadily on a 12-year-old girl singing Christmas songs for 20 minutes. And then it just randomly cuts to Kelly Holcomb. Because I guess he's from the same area, and the guy got an interview with Kelly Holcomb. He's talking about his shoulder surgery. And then that's the whole that's the whole show. And it's fascinating. I ended up watching like 10 episodes of this show. It was called Southern Showcase, and it broadcasted in South Central, Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. How many directions do you need to specify where in the country you are? South Central, Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. South Central, Middle, and North. 
I've never been on public access. No, no, that's not true. I have been on public access TV. I to- look at that. I totally forgot that I was. I was on public access TV in first grade for a show called Mr. Knows It. So, yeah, I guess I, who am I to judge? Kelly Holcomb. I did those shows when I was a child. I don't know how old you are in first grade, like eight, nine. Remember, too, there was this girl's birthday that I liked. Her name, well, I'm not going to say her name. Her name was blah, blah, blah. Her name was boop. But I liked her. And uh, it was very clear I liked her in the video. Because, like, she'll say stuff. Like, at one point, like, the guy running the show, he's like, I guess his name's Mr. Nose. He's just like a doctor that lived in this town in South Carolina where I lived. He has, like, a clown nose on, and he likes kids. It's sounding creepier the more I describe it, but I don't think it was creepy. I mean, I don't know. I was first grader. Maybe it was creepy. But he's, like, ass, he's like interviewing the kids. He's being like, so what's your favorite animal? What do you like doing in school? By the way, what did I want to be when I was a kid? When I was eight years old, the answer was artist. How adorable is that? I was an adorable kid. Very well behaved. I don't know what happened. I was much better mannered as an eight-year-old than I am now as a 35-year-old man. But at one point he asked the girl that I liked, he's like, do you have any, are there any boys in school that you like? And I start like fixing my hair. Like it's just very clear. I did not have a lot of game at the age of eight. Not that, to be honest, an eight-year-old with a lot of game would be horrifying. I don't want to see what that looks like. But I know that whatever it doesn't look like, that was what I looked like. Captured on camera. I was on public access TV and it was humiliating. You got to get out there any way you can. I've noticed that about a lot of these quarterbacks. They go back to where they're from. Like, they have, like, a home. And that's a, that's a nice thing. That's a thing that I, I I don't really relate to as much, you know? I don't have a true home base. You know, that's part of growing up in, in a military family and moving around a lot. You're like, where am I? Where am I from? I think it's hard for a lot of these guys. Like, it's got to be nice to feel like you can go home. And speaking of that, One of the bits we do on this show, we explore what that feels like to be far away from your home. Why don't we take that journey right now with a a bit we do on the show. I think you guys are familiar. Bring in the Backups presents Letters Home from the Bench, December 10th, 2013. Scott Tolzien writes, My sweet Gertrude, the Green Bay Packers My have placed me on Scott, the practice floor. How I long G- Gertrude, for a... Gertrude? Scott? What are you doing in my my letter fugue state? W- what are you doing in my reply fugue letter fugue state? Well, because I, I usually when I write, the violin music comes from out of space and it narrates what I'm saying. You've never been in here before. All right. Well, I'm, what happened was I got a letter from you and it was so lovely, I thought I ought to sit down and write a reply. Uh, I guess whenever we write together, we end up in the same fugue state. Well, isn't that we just, just like so us? We insane. are adorable, like two lovebirds. Well, look, why don't you hop off? Because I got some stuff to do. I got practice. Well, I can't hop off. I put the baby down for a well, nap. This to... is the only time I have. Gertrude, I'm trying to make the Green Bay Packers. I can't be diddling right, around well, here. Then you should have some time to hear about my love for I'm you. I'm trying to beat out Brett fucking Favre. I don't want to hear about Brett Favre. Fine, you go. You go. Fine, I'm wrong. You're okay. right. You go. Thank you. Then... Sit down and listen. All right. I'll give you uninterrupted time. My dearest Scott, how I long for a sweet 
summer breeze that reminds me of the days when we would hold each other in one another's arms. Oh, that's my lasagna. I gotta go get oh, that. Oh, motherfucker. You're gonna get interrupted by lasagna? I can't burn. Well, I, I, I'm late for practice now, Gertrude. I only had two minutes well, to sit down and write your Excuse me letter. for trying to keep a baby's belly's well fed. Well, excuse me for trying to get food to put into the baby's belly. You're always lording that over my head. Oh, this marriage is over. Fine. Well, that's how easy it is. So go shut that I... fucking violin off. I'm not writing a letter anymore. How would you like it if I go and text a Brett Favre right now? Oh, you, he'll send you a photo back. of his dick. Let him know I'm back on the market. All right. Sometimes he's, you know, who said you couldn't have a toxic relationship in the 1830s? All right. That's that's how it goes. You guys like those bits? That one went a little long, but I, I love the performance of a very talented actress that I, uh, I did that bit with. It's my wife. And I was like, stop doing the dishes and come over here and do this bit I, re- I wrote. So, let's go lawless, everybody. Enjoy our comedy. You can follow her on Twitter or whatever you want. I keep forgetting to play the bits early in the show. It's hard to remind myself. I'm like, oh, you're trying to keep the ball in the air, trying to keep the comedy flowing, the comedy juice. You know, I've had a lot of uh, very funny moments in this podcast happen already. But, you know, you, you got to find a natural way to break that. To go away to these pre-planned bits that I've done, you know, it's it's a learning curve. You know, you get better and you get better at it as you uh, as you go. I hope that you uh, you guys have stuck with the podcast up to this point. You know, I want to give Cleveland Browns fans something something to hold on to. I mean, of all the fan bases that I really want to give some light to, you know, shine something positive on. It's got to be Cleveland, right? Has I mean, has anybody had it worse? I I don't think so. I think I think it's like the most tortured fan base. It's got to be. Especially since they came back. Like it's just been horrible. Even now like it's weird like they're doing well this year. And people are like hating on the Browns even when they're winning. Ish, you know, they're winning against the Bengals. So what are you, what are you going to do? A win's a win. It's also weird right now, man. I don't even know. I don't even know if football's going to make it. All the COVID stuff. I just, I we need sports has to keep going because I feel like we'll eat each other without it. Like something, there has to be something to distract us. I don't know what else it's going to be at this point. Like they're literally going to start running out of TV. People are going to run out of TV shows to binge watch, which seems crazy because there's been such a, you know, when people are always like. You tell somebody, oh, you got to check out this show. And you're like, yeah, there's just too many shows. Well, now there's not too many shows because there's nothing to do. So there's actually not too many shows. We were, it was like we were preparing for the pandemic without knowing it. Now we're running out of shows. As far as this show goes, uh, anybody that's been listening, that's subscribed, especially people if you've written reviews and stuff like that, which is always super helpful, want to make sure you guys know there is an email address for this show. You can write in. It's just Eric Helwig Comedy at Gmail. If you've got a quarterback that you want to hear about, write into that show and let give me your pitch on who you want to see. You know, I'm getting some feedback on Twitter about quarterbacks people want to see. You know, it's I've gotten Bubby Brister a little bit. I've got some Dennis Dixon. 
you know, I've I've already got a couple Steelers and Dolphins on the podcast so far, but if you've got somebody you want to hear, a backup that you think has like a true story that needs to be told, by all means, write in Eric Helwig comedy at Gmail. Now I spelled my name on the podcast last week. Something about spelling my name makes me feel like a very young child. I don't like the process of spelling out my name. But, uh, you know, you just Google it, Eric Helwig, you'll figure it out. You know, something else weird about Kelly Holcomb, I'm looking on his Wikipedia page, they name his kids on here. Like, who did that? Isn't that, like, you don't, why do we need to know the names of his, I, I guess it feels like that's too much information for people to have. Right? I, I wouldn't want people to know the names of people in my family. And I, I did, when I did AGT, as a, you know, I was, I wasn't even in, in character. You couldn't even tell it was me on AGT. I'm playing the death guy. But I was getting, like, women soliciting sex from me on Instagram. Like, legit, people wanted to bang the Grim Reaper. Like, that actually happened where, because I run that page with my wife. And there'd be, like, a message every week where she was like, did you read the thing that this lady's? It's like ladies that, like, are literally just being like, please come fuck me death. Like, legit. Death was getting sexually harassed on Instagram. There's crazy people out there. I'm not going to say the name of Kelly Holcomb's kids, but whoever's editing this Wikipedia page, I, I, I don't know who needs that information. Let's get that off. You know, John C. Riley, the guy from... Uh, the Dewey Cox movie that I watched as the world was burning a couple nights ago. He doesn't tell anybody anything about his life. Like, nobody knows what his deal is. Now, that's the kind of celebrity I feel like you want to be. A little bit of mystery, a little less time spent on Instagram showing photos of the family. Like, you, you don't, you invite that into you. You invite that into your life. It takes over. So if you're going to step into the spotlight, you know, I respect that a lot of times I'm looking up these backups and I can't find shit on them. It's because it's because they've pulled back from the spotlight, you know? It's it, it takes a piece of you. All right, let's do another one of these pre-print pre-planned bits. There it goes. I said it. Pre-planned bits. And I'm t- it's hard for me to uh set these up in a way that seems natural. Just listen to the fucking bit. Hello again, and get dad-ass ready for On This Day in Backup History. Today we visit Dallas, the land of non-ironic adult cowboy costumes, for a backup quarterback. In 1980, Gary Hodgeboom was asked to fake a knee injury so the team could hide him on injured reserve. Gary kept the secret, but little did the cowboys know... Gary Hodgeboom had recently murdered his wife and her lover with a baseball bat and stuffed their remains in a shallow Texas grave. So secrets were totally his thing. Gary Hodgeboom, uh, American legend. What a uh, what an interesting guy he was. I feel confident that this show uh, will continue to grow. Thank you guys for hanging out on this week's episode. I'm going to, I don't know when the next time, I think I'll be in the Outer Banks again for the next recording, although I might be in my father's basement in Oakton, Virginia. I could be there too. I like how five seconds ago I was like, I don't want to give too much information about my family, and now I'm just naming the exact towns that my family lives in. So 
Looks like I'm fucking up a little bit on the pod. But, guys, thank you for listening. Uh, We will have a guest next week, so hopefully having just good old Eric on the pod hasn't been too emotionally draining for you. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you in a couple weeks. Thanks for listening to the show. To hear more Bring in the Backups or help us grow, please subscribe on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and leave a written five-star review. Or subscribe and hit the notification bell on YouTube. For info on the show or how to see Eric live, visit erichelwig.com to hop on the newsletter. 